Welcome to an episode of the Sports Genes Into the Lab podcast, where sports analysts and experts dissect the latest news from the NBA and NFL, giving you a unique view on some of the hottest topics around your favorite teams. From the fresh field smells of the NFL to the hardwood courts of the NBA and possibly your comfy couch for your fantasy football team. Let's see what kind of news the lab is working with today. Here's your host from the Sports Analytics Headquarters in San Antonio, Texas, Ernest Silva. All right, so a new group, but we're still here in front of you. Welcome to episode 41 of Into the Lab podcast. You have some familiar faces on your screen. You might have some new ones. That's okay. They belong here. Let's let's cue the announcer and get your morning started off right. And now, tonight's starting lineup. From Winnipeg and the podcast, the Institute of Drafting, your expert on all player updates, Miles Bloomquist. What's up, everyone? Glad to be back. Can't wait to get the show rolling. I know Ernest has a segment for me, and I'm excited to bring you some new news. I hope you guys like it. Right you are, Miles. From Denver, bringing expert analysis on everything around the diamond, making his debut, Cade Walker. How's it going, everyone? Uh, glad to talk some baseball to, with you guys today, and uh, maybe a little bit of basketball, too. We'll see. Excited to have you on, Cade. Yeah, I'm really excited. Now, this guy decided to give me a tongue twister, so we're going to have some fun with this. From Regina, Saskatchewan, you've heard some of his crazy hardwood takes, bringing some more tonight. Welcome back, Kenneth Cutterell. Thanks for having me on the show. It's actually Regina, Saskatchewan, so I oh, definitely gosh. gave you the uh, I knew I wasn't going to get that right. That's, amazing. That's how American you are. You're not fucking Canadian. We love Regina. From Pittsburgh, the man who steered you right on those bets all year long, letting you know where to put your money today, Vaughn Dalezell. Hey, guys. Happy to be back. Some new faces on here. I can't wait to talk some sports with you guys. And, uh, yeah, I'm going to do some rock climbing afterwards. I'm in the Harry Potter room, so you guys might know about that. Welcome back, V-Money. And last, from Boston, co-founder of the Blue Collar Media Group. Ladies and gentlemen, stand at attention and salute, slightly by his podcast very own, the General Steve Reisner. What's going on, everybody? Happy to be here talking some fucking sports and get ready for Triple T's with Steve. Yeah, I definitely like – that. that is his segment. Uh, he gave that one away. Thanks, Steve. Uh, those oh, are your sports scientists. <laughs> That's why I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> Excited to join you all for a brand-new segment that are going to be coming out today. Um, we're going to talk some news in between, keep it light, have some fun, uh, but hopefully cause a <clears throat> stir. I hope you guys brought some good stuff. But a good group, solid six. Let's jump into some news um, and let's start with the NFL. So right before this show, we got some shocking developing news. Miles, what's the latest on the B&E update? All right. So we, uh, we got some uh, legal issues with uh, some cornerbacks in the NFL, mostly involving DeAndre Baker and Quinton Dunbar, who uh, allegedly were at a party on, I believe it was May 7th. And they had apparently lost $70,000 in uh, gambling. They were gambling their money, playing card games. They lost 70 grand. So if you've ever seen an action movie, what do you do? You go rob people, right? That's exactly what DeAndre Baker and Quentin Dunbar did. They went to another party uh, just yesterday, May 13th. And uh, under the orders of DeAndre Baker, who pretty much ran this whole stuck up, they stole $7,000 in cash, an $18,000 Rolex, and a $25,000 hoopla. So uh, they made away with the $70,000 they probably owed to some, shade, owed to some shady mafia. Uh, overall, no one got hurt, but they are currently have a warrant out for their arrest. Uh, DeAndre Baker has four counts of armed robbery with a firearm and also four counts of assault with a firearm, while uh, Quentin Dunbar only has four counts of armed robbery 
with a firearm. So overall, not looking too good for these guys. Obviously, DeAndre Baker was a first-round pick last year, so there were there was a lot of hopes for him. I mean, now he's going to probably go to jail. Quinton Dunbar was traded from the Redskins to Seattle for a fifth-round pick, so basically the Redskins made it so that way they didn't have a guy go to jail, and they look good now. So I, I think overall, out of all of this, the Redskins won the most. <laughs> <laughs> got that, got that fifth-round pick. So is this the part, Miles, where we say, if you've seen these men, please contact. Do we have to say that right now? Yeah, if you've Do- seen DeAndre Baker or Quinton Dunbar, contact your local police department. Miles, do we have pictures of them we can put up on the screen? Yeah, let's put them on the screen. Yeah, do, do, can we screen share that? <laughs> I said, Miles, were they wearing their corona masks and gloves during this? Oh, probably. Yeah. If they're at a party twice in two weeks, isn't that, you know, not social distancing? Like, what's up with that? Well, this is Florida. I mean. <laughs> that is very true. Yeah, Obviously not, not isolating themselves at all. I don't really want to go into any sort of fantasy football <laughs> implications with that. So let's just move on. And, and let's talk about the schedule one more time before people bleed out of their ears. So you've had a week to marinate in, in what the schedule release was for your favorite NFL teams. And you've had to think, okay, who are my division winners for next year? I'm going to ask again, in the NFC, give me your four division winners, guys, across the board. Who are your four NFC division Atlanta. winners? Atlanta. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> okay, <laughs> Atlanta for Miles. Who else, Miles? What are the other three divisions you have? Uh, in the East, like, I – I remember I said this as a joke. I said that the Giants could win the division. Now, they're not my pick, but I would, like, if you're going to pick a dark horse, I would put money on the Giants just because of how weak the East is. I'll probably go ahead and take the safe pick, say Dallas. I just feel like Philadelphia is going to have some troubles this year. I don't see them really pulling off the division again. I think Dallas will have it locked down, especially with Mike McCarthy. In the North, um, I mean, we've talked about this. We're not very high on the Vikings. I'm not very high on the Vikings. I'm not high on anyone in the North. But, I mean, Aaron Rodgers and the Packers made the NFC Conference Championship, so I'm going to go back with them. In the West, it's going to be a race. It's going to be a freaking marathon and a sprint. Like, right out the gate, you got to be going fast, and you cannot stop. So, just depends who has most, the most stamina. Obviously, the 49ers, you probably say, have the most stamina because they clutched it out at the end, won the division. Seattle, I don't know. They, did, they really didn't improve. They more or less, de- like, declined because now they lost a corner because he's going to go to jail, and now they lost to Devion Clowney. So, didn't improve the O-line either. I'd say Seattle out of the division race. L.A. could rebound. They filled their holes, but they didn't improve, so they could, as long as they could group back up, maybe they can make another run at it. I honestly say Arizona and San Francisco both have a good shot, but just based on longevity-wise, I would say San Francisco wins that division again. All right, Vaughn, you know I'm going to go with you for your five-second intervention here. Who do you have? I'm rolling with the Cowboys as well in the East. I think it's going to be a close race with the Eagles. The Eagles' defense is pretty (laughs) solid. I think that offense will hold them back. Cowboys offense might lead the league in points this year. Um, I think they could do, go back to back. I like, I like the Packers. I think the Packers got an easy road. Uh, I think the Lions could be the dark horse in the NFC as a team to make the playoffs with that weak NFC North. Uh, I know a lot of people aren't on them. We kind of had some jokes prior. Yeah, we did. But, uh, <laughs> uh, we won't talk about it. But I got the Niners, too, 12-4 and four with the Seahawks. I'll take the Niners in the tiebreaker. I think that defensive line is going to be the best we may ever see since the 70 Steelers. I'm telling you, it's going to be ridiculous. And then uh, the Saints, wrapping it up. I think they're going to take it over the Bucks. I'm not going all in on the Tom Brady era yet. Awesome. And I'll do my intervention here with my five-second picks, but I'm going to go Cowboys, Packers, Seahawks. Who am I missing? Oh, Saints. Yep, there you go. That is that is the uh, four picks for the NFC for me. Uh, I'm going to go next with you, Steve, as we see we have – some fun jumping in at the same time. All right, so I am going to go with the Cowboys, Packers, uh, Niners, and then I'm going with the Saints. I am not a fi- I am not going with the Bucs like everyone thought I was going with the Bucs. I did not go with the Bucs. <laughs> so no Tampa Bay on Steve's radar. Cade, Kenny, if you, guys, if you guys want to jump in, you guys are more than welcome to give your NFC picks. It's up to you. Um, yeah, no, I think I actually agree with Steve. Uh, yeah, Cowboys, 
Packers, Niners, and Saints. Sweet. I'm going to go uh, Cowboys, Seahawks, Saints, and uh, Packers. That's my four. Thanks, guys. Now, I know you guys heard him, but there he is, the man of the hour from Bali, Indonesia, joining us, Dre Rogers. How you doing, Dre? What up? <laughs> I told everybody you weren't showing up, buddy, I'm, and I'm very glad I was wrong. I love your screenshot there. Oh, I can't <laughs> what, what's see the it. screenshot? Patriots suck. <laughs> <laughs> what a fucking. Oh. That's perfect. Dre, I'm going to ask you, did you do you have NFC picks for us? Or are you just chiming in because you're in the middle of a busy traffic street? Yeah, I'm actually uh, exactly what you just said. Uh, I guess I'll just uh, say, um, all right, let's do this. Uh, Saints. Uh, <laughs> Saints, Eagles. Oh my God! Uh, who else can I piss off? <laughs> Yourself. We don't have anybody in the other division, right? So it doesn't really matter. Nah. <laughs> Cardinals. Oh my gosh! The Cardinals. Oh my God! Hey, Ter- terrible takes this later. Said- Miles and I said last <laughs> week that the Cardinals are making the playoffs, so I'm sticking by it. All right. As division the wild card is a thing. It happens. Seven seed is a thing. You're missing one, but I don't, I don't even care. I just don't want you to get hit training for dodgeball. Looks like Dre has made his way off the podcast. Now, guys, you know I was going to ask also. Let me talk about AFC next. And, Miles, I'm going to start with you again. You have to pick your four division winners for the AFC. I was This was a little bit more complicated for me because I'm not sure how good these teams are going to be. But talk to me about your four AFC picks. Uh, I'll, I'll save the East for last because I haven't decided if I want to piss off or suck up to Steve yet. <laughs> so uh, I'll start in the South. <laughs> suck up, the buddy. South, suck up. The South is going to be competitive again. Jacksonville's out of it. Houston can still make a run at it, but I honestly think it's between the Colts and Tennessee. It just depends who makes that big of a jump. Like, I mean, the Colts reloaded pretty much. They got a new quarterback that they're hoping to give that two-year run with. While Tennessee, you know, they stacked up off a dark horse team that, you know, was just an inch away from winning the division last year. So, I don't know. It's tough for me. I want to go with Tennessee. I think it's their time. So, I think they'll take that division this year. I think the Colts still sneak in as a wild card. Once again, Houston can compete, but they got worse. So I don't see why they would be back in the talk. Uh, the West, I mean, I don't have to say much. The Kansas City Chiefs. Denver Bron- uh, the oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kansas City. No, <laughs> the, <just> North, <laughs> the North, I'm going with the shocker here. I'm going with Cleveland because I think I'm oh. riding high Cleveland this year. I'm riding high that Baker Mayfield is my MVP pick, that they Whoa. filled all the holes in the draft. And that Cleveland's actually going to do what people – because here's the thing. Everyone expected last year to be Cleveland's year. They were on the upward trend. Now no one gives a shit about Cleveland again. So this is the year where they're actually going to do something when no one's actually looking and no one cares because, you know, Baltimore, uh, Kansas, Tampa Bay, no one gives a shit about Cleveland anymore. So I think that they will actually come out and surprise – They'll go 12 and four, I think, and then they'll win that division. Uh, I think that the Ravens will also go 12 and four, but they'll win that tiebreaker somehow. Uh, so now we come to the East. <laughs> With the Bills, Mute I me. think it's a safe pick. I've made a couple risky picks. I've made a couple risky picks. Safe. Here's the thing. Safe. Here's the thing. The pick. Safe. Yes, safe. Because you're. It, no, it's a 50-50. Because if. Jarrett Stidham is good. So that's not safe. win that division again. No, it is safe. It's a gamble to pay, take the Patriots because you're gambling on Stidham being good enough that, to lead that offense to score at that's least 20 points. That's not much of a gamble. That's absolutely No, they don't even need to score that. What? He was no, they don't need to score 30 points season. again. His last season at fit. Auburn was fucking garbage. <sighs> they don't need to score 30 a game, though. Yes, they do. Josh Allen has Stefan Diggs. And he's going to miss him every time. Yes. Yeah, so no, he's not. <laughs> That's what's going to happen. Terrible. Yeah. Vaughn, let's go to you. Let's hear your four picks. 
All I can't get past the Baker Mayfield for MVP. I mean, that's fifty dollars a- wins fourteen hundred on that though. So there you go, Miles. I'm not, I mean, if you're all, if you're all in on that, you're all in on that. But uh, I will say the Browns haven't won more than three road games in a season since two thousand two, when Tim Couch was quarterback. So. <laughs> Good luck with that. They're due. They're due. I was going to say, this is the year that they could definitely turn around. And with the new coach, the running game, I think Kareem Hunt's a a solid AD. Whereas ADP is for (laughs) fantasy. He's the guy you want. I don't know if anyone's talking fantasy later. But uh, I got the Ravens. I think that's easily. Ravens and Chiefs all day. Um, I'm with Miles. I think the Titans made enough moves. They're going to strike while the iron is hot. And uh, they're going to beat the Colts. I got them one game over the Colts. And uh, then I got the Bills at 10 and 6, Pats at 9 and 7. I think that's going to come down to a game. I think both teams make the playoffs. Um, and I had a, a Dolphins fan comment on my Fantasy Pros article saying, no way in hell the Patriots win double the games the Dolphins do next year. And all I've got to say is cocaine's a hell of a drug. That's all i got to say. So, come on, man. Come on, man. Wow. All right, so I see that Steve has gone to the dark side, and he's going to go ahead and do his picks from the shadows. Talk to us, Steve. Oh, yeah, yeah it's getting dark here. You don't um, want people to see your face. You say the Patriots go 16-0. Baltimore. I'm going to go Baltimore, Chiefs, Tennessee, New England. <laughs> New England. <laughs> New England. Just, New England. You're just as delusional as Cowboys fans are. I'm wow. going to go in and say this, that, that my AFC picks shouldn't wow anything. It's going to be Ravens, Chiefs. Uh, who am I missing here? Ravens, Chiefs. I wanted to save the best for – oh, yes. Obviously, the Texans. And uh, who am I missing here? Oh, the Buffalo Bills. The Bills. Mafia. Let's hear it. You're obviously going to take the vision this year. <laughs> Uh, although I'll give it to you, Steve. I did when I did the projections in the model. You got the Bills only won the division by one game. You're absolutely right. It was not a runaway. It was not a runaway. Not, not at so, all. So kudos to you. But Cade, Kenny, you guys want to chime right. in? Um, yeah. Uh, well, I believe in Drew Locke, but I don't believe in him enough to win to win the division. So yeah, I gotta go, Casey. Um, Baltimore's pretty uh, pretty easy pick. Um, their division. I think I'm going to go with the Colts over, over the Titans. I think they revamped their offense. I think um, they're, they did really well in the draft. And I think with, with Phil Rivers, they're, uh, I think they're going to win their division. Um, and then uh, let's see, who am I missing? Um, yeah, I got the, um, the Bills, Bills in the East. Yeah. You can tend to forget about the Bills, but not this year, not this yeah. year. Kenny, yeah. what you, what you got for us? I think the Bills win the division easily, actually. I think they're going to win the division by probably three games. I think they're going to go like 11 and 5, and then the Patriots will probably be like an 8 and 8 team. Uh, I think Indy's going to take the division in the South. I think, yeah, their draft was phenomenal. I think Jonathan Taylor's a guy that you got to watch out for in fantasy this year. Uh, he's one of those guys that I'm going to be trying to draft probably higher than uh, the ADP is. So I might reach on him a little bit. Uh, I think you have to go with the Ravens. Like, I just don't see enough from Cleveland. Too many question marks around uh, Ben Roethlisberger's health for me to even consider them there. And then uh, I got to go with the Chiefs to win the division, although Denver will be a playoff team this year. That's true. Hot hot take right there, definitely. Um, Not as hot off the iron as many would think, but that's a good segue there. As we're going to go to our first segment of the show, Wait one picking minute with Von Dalesell, brought to you by SATX Rated, where you can find the latest and greatest info on the Alamo City. Follow them on social media today. Take it away, Von. Yeah, so I got three bets for you guys. I definitely want to hear everyone's opinions, if you guys like them or not. Um, One may be a guy that Steve may hate on. It's going to be Le'Veon Bell. Um, Obviously, he had the worst career year he's ever had last year, but the odds makers have him at 1,299.5 yards rushing and receiving that's 50 yards less than what he had last year with with no help offensive line no quarterback play um that team definitely revamped a little bit on offense I like Le'Veon Bell to get the touches there he's had over 300 touches in four out of six seasons one season he only played six games the other one he had 299 touches so he gets the ball enough I think he's definitely going to reach his totals this year and as a former or I own his jersey, being a Steelers fan. It's the only Steelers jersey I still own. So uh, I do love Le'Veon. I think he's going to have a big year coming off. Um, what was it embarrassing for him playing for that contract or waiting out for that contract and getting with the Jets? So 
Definitely Le'Veon Bell's over this year. I got the Packers over nine wins. We all picked them to win the division. Um, if that's a bet that we're all taking, then you got to figure they're going to win nine games or more. Uh, in that NFC North, there's not much going on with Minnesota losing digs and their head coach, so you got to figure the Packers are still the runaway. And uh, they won way more games than nine last year. And then with the last bet, uh, I was trying to think of something really juicy for you guys. So this is what I came up with. The team with the worst record in 2020. Now, there's great lines on this. I'm taking the Washington Redskins at plus 600. So if you threw $100 down on that, that's $600 back in your pocket on the Redskins. Um, I think that that's a pretty solid bet. The only team with better odds than them is the Jaguars to be a worse team. But um, I do think the Jaguars could probably squeeze out a couple more wins, and I did have the Jags going 4-12 and 12 compared to the 2-14 and 14 Redskins. So I think that's a juicy one. You could definitely find a couple bets like that that are in your wheelhouse. Um, but you could also get great odds on Super Bowl teams like the Chiefs and the Ravens for the same odds. So, so yeah. wait one pick in a minute. We ain't going anywhere, folks. Let's talk about and dissect that. So let's talk about the first one with Le'Veon Bell. Uh, the Frank Gore signing doesn't scare you at all, Vaughn? Uh, so, Touch-wise? So I actually have an article coming out on Friday. It's about his rushing and his touchdown prop. They're only giving him six and a half touchdowns. So Bell only has to score seven touchdowns in the whole season. Last year he scored four. And now with Frank Gore, Frank Gore had 11 goal line carries last year. Bell only had four goal line carries. Four goal line carries on the whole year. That's terrible for That's a six-one, two 230-pound back that runs a four-four-four-five. So I'm not totally invested in his touchdown total. Um, I'd much rather – put my money on Bell's yardage in hopes that he's going to get those 300 touches and have a little bit better season than he did last year. But, uh, I mean, seven touchdowns isn't a lot for Le'Veon Bell at all. But given what the the, the uh, Jets can do and they pass the ball 33 times, I believe, when Sam Darnold played last year, 33 times a game. So I think that Le'Veon Bell is going to get a lot of touches out the backfield as well catching now, when you think about the Green Bay Packers, you think, obviously, Aaron Rodgers, that gets you wins. But as of late, it hasn't been a guaranteed scenario. And his clash with the head coach doesn't cause any concern that they may be in a little bit of a bad place come the end of the year. I mean, nine yeah, wins. I mean, it's, it's, all, it's all perception and what, what you think, everyone's opinion at this point. No one really knows what's going on between the two. I mean, obviously, it looks like they're looking towards the future of the way they drafted because we've all been talking about it for how long. Yeah. So... But you got to figure out the team was so good last year. They didn't lose that many pieces. The teams around them lost more pieces than they did. And they still return arguably the top five quarterback in the league and the easily the best in the division. And like I said, it's Minnesota, the only team that's challenging them. I'm not ready to put all my eggs in the story or um, Chicago. But you got to figure if the if Green Bay wins a division, it's more than nine games. And it's plus 100. So whatever you put in, you get back. Yeah, and, and I mean, Chicago finally got a starting quarterback in Nick Foles, right? So you got to think something, though. <laughs> now, what about all the rumors of Aaron Rodgers to New England, Steve? <laughs> hey, to be honest, if Aaron Rodgers signed here, it, I'd take it. I'd take you it. Were I'd, pro- I'd probably stop hating him. No, I don't. I don't know if I don't know if we could do that. There was. I feel like there was someone who wore 12 that, that might get it retired. I just – I can't I place know. the name at, at this time. <laughs> I can't I think – I, I don't know. For some reason, Tampa Bay's in my head. So, so Vaughn, <laughs> last, last, last one for you, bud. So, you thinking about the Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes, everybody thinks he's – what are the bottom three teams, the pit teams you think will be – vying for that Trevor Lawrence yeah I mean you got to figure the Redskins are gonna be on Ron Rivera is probably not in love with Dwayne Haskins um coming in and getting getting a quarterback that's already been there he doesn't get the guy he wants so you got to figure they're a team that's definitely going to jump in and go for that um Jacksonville's another team that's going to be terrible this year and you see them quitting a lot a lot of the players getting traded too so uh they got Minshew uh we were big Minshew fans during last year so let's see what happens with that but uh other than that I mean it's going to be you know, maybe the Carolina Panthers are another team we're talking about. The Giants have been the worst record over the last three years. But are they going to pass on Daniel Jones and go with Trevor Lawrence? So it's, you know, it's really all signs point to the Redskins, in my opinion, unless we see a team just totally drop off the face of the earth. Um, and I don't really know who that could be, the Texans, and they trade Deshaun Watson to New England or something. I don't know. I'm just here for the fun. <laughs> Well, let's 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 do one more group uh, discussion on this. So, uh, ter- terrible terrible review here. Ron Rivera versus the Carolina Panthers towards the end of the season. I think it's a Week 16 matchup. Who yep. wins that? Who wins that game? I got the Redskins. 
Carolina. Redskins, Carolina. Mm. What do you guys got? Carolina. Redskins. Redskins. Cade? That's racist. Carolina. I can't say that. <laughs> I, I think Carolina is going to be the worst team in the league this year. I have them at 1-15 myself. Let's end the first segment on that note. And thank you, Vaughn, for completing your first segment there. That's one – wait, one pick in minute with Vaughn Dalezell. Um, again, brought to you by SATX Rated. Let's talk some hoops. Kenny and Kate have been waiting, so I'm going to bring you guys in here. Kenny, we heard all about the Wilson deal. We keep hearing they've reclaimed the ball throne of all things basketball. Talk to us. How does this impact the game, and how does this impact the brand that Wilson's back um, in the pro level? I don't think it really impacts it that much, to be honest. I mean, I, I didn't even know that they had switched ball sponsors, to be honest, until you had mentioned it to me earlier today, because to me, it's just not a big deal. Like, these guys are so talented at what they do that, like, switching the basketball isn't going to have a great effect on it. Like, it might take them a couple weeks to figure it out, like just going through the reps and, and just figuring out how, how the ball releases off the hand and everything. But I don't see the Wilson thing as that, that big of a deal. I mean, I... I don't know. I just think that the, the basketball doesn't really matter as much when these guys are as good as they are. I can't wait till Mark plugs in Tom Hanks yelling Wilson in this segment, and I'm going to be able to see that live. <laughs> but but uh, let, let's talk about uh, a little bit. I'm going to chime in Kate here as well. The players decide to have a players-only meeting, right, um, and discuss whether we want to resume the season. Does that even carry any weight, or is that just a big PR stunt? I know the NBA PA is kind of in there. But, but talk to us. I mean, what, what's, the, what's the big deal about having a players-only meeting and saying, yes, we want to play? Uh, well, I think that they're trying to get some momentum to try and, and start the season back again. I mean, they're, they're throwing proposed uh, plans all over the place, maybe uh, starting the season back again in Vegas or Disney World. So I think they're just trying to get some, uh, some more momentum. Like you said, I think it's from, from more of a PR standpoint than it is anything. I mean, I don't really think the players have – much to do with um, with anything on the planning part of it. I just think it has more to do with uh, with the PR side of it and saying, hey, we're going to try and get this season going pretty soon. I mean, the NBA is the ultimate players league. Like, out of all the big four major leagues, like, they're the one that values their players the most. But in this case, I don't think that it carries very much weight because, yeah, the players are all fine playing, but the NBA has to be careful with this. They've already had players who were contracted COVID-19. And if they start this season again and it happens again, and God forbid a player were to pass away due to COVID, I mean, that would be an absolute nightmare for them. And so while it's great to have the players meeting, so you can kind of show that, and obviously the players are going to want to play. Like, I don't think any, especially those contending for a title, like, you're telling me LeBron's going to sit there and say, you know, I might only have a year or two left, but yeah, no, let's pack it in for the year. Like that guy's going after MJ. And so he wants to be playing. So it wasn't a big surprise to hear that the players wanted to go ahead with it. So. Yeah. And that's a good point there. I mean, should we, should James Harden feel any sort of slight not being a part of the meeting or you think he said, Russ, go ahead and be a part of the meeting. I know that was a big deal, but I was going to ask. I I don't know like but where do you stop them like if you include if James Harden misses out okay you add him but then there's another guy that was left out like plus I mean like there's kind of just like a lot of those guys are super tight off the court and I don't think James is necessarily in with like the LeBrons of the world like they've kind of got like their brotherhood or whatever it is off the court so no, I don't think James Harden should be slighted. I'm glad to see that as a Houston fan, you felt like you was slighted there, but I, I don't think yeah, you should take to. offense to it. There <laughs> is some bias in that question, absolutely. And there's <laughs> bias in this question as well. I'm going to ask everybody, so let me zoom out on everybody. Is Hakeem Olajuwon a top 10 all-time player? Yes. No. Yes. Yes, Easy. absolutely. Absolutely. I have, him, I have him fifth. Wow, I mean, that's pretty high. I have him seventh on my all-time list, but I, I know I'm biased, so I had to ask. Who's your forehead? Who's your forehead, No. I'll, I could put him in the 10. I'd have to think about it, but yeah. He, he'd be 10, but, but he's in my top 10 for sure. I think top he's 10. criminally underrated as a center. I think he's the best player Who said of all he was time? number five? Oh, we have, we have a guest again. It looks like Dre dodged traffic. 
Dre, do you want to chime in? Is Hakeem Olajuwon a top 10 player all time? What's the question? <laughs> <laughs> Is Hakeem Olajuwon a top 10 player all time? Uh, top 10, no. Top 50, yes. Top 50? <laughs> 50? <laughs> Fucking Dre. Oh my gosh! What? He's he's probably one of the top five uh, defensive players of all time, so he's got to be right up there. Did you say top fifteen or top fifty? Top fifteen. Oh. Five zero. Oh, I, I heard fifty. That's Yeah, that's a problem. <laughs> <laughs> well, no duh. Like, uh, yeah, five zero is a problem. Yeah. He's up. I, I, I like your take, Dre, because it's going to cause a lot of people to be upset on Twitter. So before I get to you, let me ask Cade. Cade, you said top five, and then you said best player all time. Talk to me a little bit about what you mean by that, bud. Who's, who is uh, you? Best center all time. Best center all time. Okay, so who are the four do you have above them? Uh, so I have, uh, in order, MJ, LeBron, Magic, and Bird. Okay. All and right. I like, I like this guy. <laughs> I, I don't have Bill Russell in my top ten, though. Sorry, Steve. Hey. Sorry, but you got burned in top five. He, he kneels to no man, Steve. <laughs> no, no, Dude, he's got burned in top five. I'll take it. I mean, I think you have in at least the all-time center debate. You have you have Hakeem Olajuwon, you have Shaquille O'Neal, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Bill Russell, and uh, Will Chamberlain as does like the consensus top five centers of all time. Yep. Yeah. Um, I think. I think Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is a little bit overrated all time. Amazing, probably the best offensive center out of those five. Um, but he he wasn't as dominant on defense as the other four, I don't think. Um, and I think he played in an era where the talent in the league was extremely depleted with um, a lot of the talent over in the ABA, like Dr. J and Moses Malone. Um, so you did have a lot of talent that was not in the NBA at the time. So I think he reaped the benefit from that. So I think his – his claim to be a top five player all time based on accolades is a little bit sketchy to me. Um, I think Bill Russell, like even um, uh, Ben Taylor did uh, an examination of Bill Russell, like between his film and how much he impacted the game. And even he conceded that um, Bill Russell was only a marginally above average offensive center. While he was amazing defensively, he was not prolific in terms of his offense. Uh, and so you're, 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 you're definitely in a 420 room, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I, I think if you look at the complete center mm -hmm. of, of um, or the complete package of centers, Hakeem is probably the uh, one, a top three defensive player all time, as well as being a top three offensive center all time. So I think he combines the two better than any of the other centers. And especially like when you compare him to Shaquille O'Neal, like he bullied Shaquille O'Neal in, uh, in the 95 finals. Um, head to head uh, and I think I think even in terms of like the advanced numbers like if you look at player impact plus minus uh, Hakeem beats basically every single one of them even though you don't have data for Bill Russell and uh, Will Chamberlain. Kate I gotta admit I like you buddy I like you buddy you're gonna oh, stick around God. so <laughs> I'm gonna lose my mind. I like the Hakeem on a pedestal take I think Miles was one of the ones that said no and I'm not even gonna entertain Dre's top 50 so Miles Talk to me. Where do you have Hakeem all time? Uh, uh, I put ha Hakeem top fifteen, top twenty in the range, but like I feel like I couldn't justify it unless I went on for an hour about my actual top ten. But like guys like Wilt Chamberlain make it in there before. Uh, I'd say maybe Bill Russell gets in there before him. Like, and I don't even have a lot of Celtics bias because I'm mostly there for Kemba. So like I, I'd have to dive into it more, but if I just take a quick glance at it, no, I don't put Hakeem in my top 10. So birds in your top 10, right? Is, is Alonzo morning <clears throat> center of all time? What? Oh, Alonzo morning is not a top 10, a top 10 you're center. <laughs> top 10 NBA player. No. Dre, where do you get your weed? <laughs> Dre, <laughs> Miles, Miles is a Hornets fan. He's, I was a Hornets fan. morning. Ernest, I want to ask you, if, yeah. uh, if MJ played those two years when the Rockets won, do you think the Rockets would have won at all? Yep. Are you just saying that? If you look at all the all the quotes that come from Phil Jackson, Michael Jordan, Robert Ory, a lot of a lot of players that played in that era, the only team they really really feared were the Rockets. They had no answer for Kim Olajuwon. one. Yeah. One or both championships. At least one. Would, at least the, one. 
I, I can give you that. There was a lot of luck. I mean, the kids they had the kiss of death. They had they had deep runs. I mean, that six seed run was ridiculous. Probably one of the most incredible playoff runs in NBA history. And and uh, if you had to face Michael Jordan in the finals, I mean, oh my gosh. That, if you uh, look at those Park, teams head to head, MJ struggled. MJ struggled against the Rockets. Yeah, I, like I, the Rockets. I, that's the one team that he never ran into. And I'm a huge MJ guy. But if he would have ran into the Rockets at some point, I think he would have been in trouble because they didn't have the front court to, to stop Hakeem. And they had so many shooters on those teams. Like, they were ahead of their time. They, they would have won both championships. Yeah. And maybe MJ's Ooh. personal vendetta against Clyde Drexler. Maybe that vendetta <clears throat> may have come into play um, in 95. But, you know, we'll never know. I mean, we got two championships. So, I mean, I'm just happy with that. I, I was going to ruin this segment and talk about KD, but I decided we're not going to. So we're going to move on to another, oh. another, another segment of ours, our second segment of the night. And this is going to be Three Teas with Steve, brought to you by Ducky Throw Express, where you can get all-you-can-eat tacos in Brownsville, Texas, for only $7.99. Let's hear them, Steve. What are the three terrible tastes oh. that you have for us tonight? Well, I had to think about which one to go with first. So the the first one I got uh, in the spirit of we were just talking about Larry Bird and basketballs. Uh, when with this top fifty of all time list that was released the other day, top seventy four, whatever the fuck they did there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so someone put, how does Larry Bird have a case to make it into the top ten? He under he constantly underperformed in the finals and playoffs. <laughs> steal steal by Bird didn't happen. Yeah, I guess the steal by Bird didn't happen or, like, that, like, you know, the final series where he averaged 27 points and 14 rebounds a game didn't happen. Yeah, I don't know. The two finals MVPs, I don't know. Yeah, didn't happen. I don't know. Yeah. Consistently underperformed. Probably the best individual run by a player. Uh, one of the best individual runs by a player all time. Yeah, he, he, he put up um, the so stats directed. from Bird's second season in the league. From the 1981 finals, it was like, dude, you're gonna tell me this dude's a great finals performer? I'm like, well, I mean, that's one of one of the fucking years. You you can put up the other ones, like. <laughs> oh man. Um, now the second one, uh, Ernest, I, I sh- I showed this one to you the other day. Um, I guess I guess we'll do it in honor of Blue Collar Media Group moving more into uh, multimedia. Is I had someone say that Ray is a better character slash Jedi than Luke Skywalker. This <laughs> <laughs> is not I, expect that. <laughs> and I just, I don't, I mean, what's your first Star Wars movie if, if Ray is better than fucking Luke Skywalker to you? What it, They're obviously 10 years old. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I they mean, saw uh, old, old Luke. That, that's why. <laughs> and maybe they were yeah, talking I, about haircuts. Uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, we were talking about the haircut. I would, What were you going off there? You, you couldn't have been going off the villain. Because, I mean, even with beating Pappeltine, she just beat, like, fucking older, fucked up, weird version of Pappeltine that wasn't even, the, like, the real fucking Pappeltine. All right, um... So I'll stop ranting about Star Wars now for the people who are sports fans that are like, why this could go off. May the force be and, with them. Yeah, may, may the force be with them. Start watching Star Wars. Um, Darth Maul's the best Sith. <laughs> so so when, when, when you told me I needed three of them um, and I needed my, my new one for my third one, I saw that Brady was voted the all-decade uh, player. The decade. So, of course, this is where you go to find the people who really don't understand what they're saying. And I found <laughs> the top five quarterback list for the ages. Oh, I saw that. <laughs> this is good. So, what, so Brady so 1, good. Brady 2, oh, Brady 3, Brady 4, Brady 5? No, oh, no, so he, he, he told us that uh, Brady is only the sixth best quarterback. Of all time. 
So we, 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 no, a bunch of us, a, a, I, I know, I know, I didn't do it. So a bunch of us were prodding him. A bunch of Patriots fans were just coming on, like, dude, top, list your five. Let, list the five. So finally, we got it. One, Dan Marino. Oh, so nice. <laughs> I so he's a dolphin. Two, fan. Aaron Rodgers. Oh, three. Steve Young. Four, Joe Not Montana. For Montana, and wow. Five was away. And then he and who then, was, then he gave us five. Who was five? Oh. Nope. Nope. Try it again. You need to know. Manning at seven. Okay. Um, Brett Favre was eight, and then Drew Brees was nine. He didn't. He didn't give us ten. So for the people in the back again, Steve, what was number five? John Elway. <laughs> and you know, I I like John Elway. I can get behind Elway and over Brady. I, of course you can. <laughs> and and dude, like, look, even even Dan Marino, as a Patriots fan, I'm never gonna knock. Dan Marino, that dude threw 48 touchdowns and 5,000 yards in 1984. That's – in that era, that's fucking time. insane. But Number the, one. The best quarterback – Never even won a Super Bowl. It, it, like, you could make a case yeah, well, for him tailing. Now, now <laughs> if Marino ever won more than two rings and had maybe like one or two better seasons towards the end of his career, he would be in consideration for the top quarterback of all time, but that did not happen. So he did he yeah, did and- he did make an appearance uh, on Ace Ventura, so that, that gives an extra <laughs> point. True. That's true. And look, I mean, dude, I'm not a Peyton Manning fan at all. I was I hated Peyton Manning his entire career. I'm not a Peyton Manning fan and people know I'm not a Peyton Manning fan. I have a shirt that says I hate Peyton Manning. And then on the back it says that Eli sucks too. Oh <laughs> but Peyton Manning at number seven? Yeah, that's absurd. Number seven Oof. all time, Peyton Manning. Dude, you can argue Manning at two. You you can argue Manning yep. over Joe Montana in my eyes. You can argue Peyton Manning over Joe Montana. I got Manning at one. You mean you mean Steve Young? <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I thought we're still on the list. My bad. Dude, and two Aaron Rodgers. Wild. Yeah, that is so wild. <laughs> And, and what, what, so he, he was that, a Packers. What, what's wrong with that? <laughs> well, he, he, I don't know. He was a Packers fan, so we thought it was going to go like one Rodgers, two, five, three, <laughs> three Star. Yeah. <laughs> Four Rodgers. But, yeah, no, it was like we, we, went, we went down the rabbit hole with, with this one. Five and then, then, sure he, then the, he even, the he even went on with greatest us. Greatest quarterbacks of all time? Because it kind of sounds like the greatest TV persona or TV quarterbacks <laughs> of all time. Wait, <laughs> and, 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 the and best TV quarterback Tony Romo. Peyton Manning. Oh, whoa, we got we to gotta disagree <laughs> there. It's obviously Tony <laughs> Romo, the guru of yeah, sports. Oh, Romo. Yo, this kid even topped it off, and he goes, John well, Madden, Aaron, Tony he Romo. Goes, he goes, Aaron Rodgers is clearly a, uh, a better playoff performer than Tom Brady. Oh, God. I just – The whole day must have been ruined. I'm sorry, Dre. I know you're a Packers fan, but one in three <laughs> in the NFC Championship game does not uh, – is not the equivalent to uh, nine like, Super Bowl not- appearances. And I think thir- there's, a, there's a 13 AFC Championship game appearances. <laughs> Too many to yeah. count on, on two hands there, Steve. I yeah, I, I I can't even keep track of how many AFC Championship game appearances Tom Brady had. I gotta be honest, it's probably the worst take that you've talked about in this entire segment. That's, yeah, that, this that's, was, that's gotta this, be the worst. This was fun. This was fun. This was a fun time finding him. I, I'm glad I'm glad we did it. Pro football focus, thank you for putting up something uh in, in the nick of time for me to find a Tom Brady hater. Oh that, that cool. terrible take you can find him at no, I'm just kidding. You don't have to release that. All right. <laughs> so that pre- him in the fucking episode. <laughs> That'd be so bad. Thank, thank you, Steve. Never a dull moment. I love the three T's with Steve. We'll catch that segment again sometime on social media on our platforms. Um, and so let's go ahead and go to our third segment, which is 
going to be a bit of a mouthful, but it fits the bill. Find a player, pick them up all season long. You'll have good luck with Miles Bloomquist. What fantasy player should we be aiming for, Miles, this upcoming season? All right. Well, Please I'll don't say Matt Ryan. Uh, no, I'm not actually going to say Matt Ryan. I'll start with the one that I alluded to earlier, which was Baker Mayfield, who I'm very high on this year. Because, let's put it this way, their O-line alluded to? significant alluded to by saying that I think he'll be MVP. <laughs> yeah, yeah, alluded uh, to. But I got I got very good reasons why. Let's look at their O-line. Their O-line was the number one issue with Cleveland last year. Baker Mayfield was under fire all season long. They couldn't open up run lanes for Nick Chubb, which, I mean, was amazing because he still ended up being the second leading rusher in the NFL. But they go out and pick up Jack Conklin, who's one of the best young offensive tackles in the league. He's going to slot in that left tackle spot, which was originally supposed to be in Tennessee, but obviously they had Taylor Lewan, so he moved to right tackle. So you're going to see Taylor Lewan on Baker Mayfield's blind side. He moved to the left guard spot. Joel Batonio, who is one of the – I'd say he's a top three left guard in the league, maybe top – five top 10 guard in the league super solid player super underrated offensive lineman uh at center dc treader not the best offensive lineman but totally serviceable a guy who got swamped last year because beside him there was absolutely no one so he had pretty much no 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 one to help him in the interior but he's still a solid guy over at the right guard this will probably be the biggest problem, but I like I Nick it. Harris out of Washington, and this was someone they got in the sixth round, and it was a huge yeah. steal, in my opinion, Nick Harris. Once J.C. Treader leaves, he'll move back to center, <clears throat> kind of like how the Falcons drafted Matt Tennessee, who will probably take over that center spot when Alex Mack retires. But Nick Harris will slot him in that right guard spot for the time being. He might not be an immediate impact, but judging by the talent around him, he'll have lots of help. So I don't think he'll be a – Total. Oh my God. Throw a pick. And then that right tackle, obviously, their first round pick, Jedrick Wills, who is probably the best offensive tackle out of this class. Uh, a lot of people like Tristan Wirfs. A lot of people like Andrew Thomas, who's the most pro ready out of this bunch. But I think Jedrick Wills, at the end of the day, might be one of the best offensive tackles out of this class. So their O line is. I would say completely repaired, obviously, if potential pans out. Uh, obviously, as Vaughn talked about, that Kareem Hunt is an amazing running back who isn't even the starter on his team. He has that one-two punch with Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt. That's going to be super awesome for Baker Mayfield. Take that pressure off of him. And then as receivers, obviously, Odell and Jarvis Landry, neither had a great year, but – I think they could both rebound, especially when you add it in that slot. They're going to have Donovan Peoples-Jones and Rashard Higgins probably sits watching out of those spots. I love Donovan Peoples-Jones. I can't believe they got him in the seventh freaking round. That was a steal. Uh, so he's going to be awesome. Rashard Higgins will probably start in that spot. He's solid, but I think the big addition is obviously Austin Hooper, who is, as a Falcons fan, one of the top, top five tight end in the league for sure. So Austin Hooper, you also throw in, I think it's Harrison Bryant out of Florida Atlantic, a speedy guy who can catch the ball. He'll be sort of that, uh, he might end up being even like a slot receiver. He'll not be blocking a lot. He'll be doing a lot of pass catching. And Joku's probably on his way out, so it'll be interesting to see what they get for him. But if they do keep him, you could see some interesting three tight end packages with Hooper and Joku and Bryant. Overall, that offense, I love it. I freaking love that offense. Baker Mayfield has got to be excited. So that's why he is my number one fantasy guy. You have to go after. Uh, Stop it, Miles. You're getting me hyped. Stop it. I can't get hyped <laughs> for Baker Mayfield. I can't. I can't do it. Move on. Number two, a guy that's super solid, another quarterback, but some I think I should reach on him early in the rounds, Joe Burrow. Uh, rookie quarterbacks are never, never, never taken high in your fantasy drafts. Quarterbacks overall shouldn't be taken high in your fantasy drafts. But specifically in Dynasty is where I'm talking. Obviously in Standard too, but specifically in Dynasty. Okay. Joe Burrow is not only going to come in and be an immediate impact guy. I think Joe Burrow can throw 30 touchdowns, 3,000 yards in his first season. He's got A.J. Green. He's got Tyler Boyd. He's got John Ross. He's got T. Higgins. C.J. Uzama is not a terrible tight end. He's nothing special, but, I mean, I'll take him over half the guys that a lot of these teams have. Their O-line is a little bit questionable, but, I mean, Joe Burrow didn't – I mean, LSU's offensive line was good, but it was nothing – it was not even – I don't even think it was ranked top 10 in the country. So, I mean, he's he can manage not 
top tier protection, which is what I love about Joe Burrow. He's mobile enough to get out of the pocket, make big throws. Then obviously Joe Mixon. I mean, Ernest loves Joe Mixon, so I'm sure he My can guy. tell you guys all about Joe Mixon. So I think you take that pressure off of Joe Burrow. Uh, it's just it's going to be electric in Cincinnati that offense their defense is definitely the main concern for me not the offense I love Joe Burrow he can come in lead right away he proved that at LSU he can come in right away and be an awesome player um my last guy honestly I was just thinking like who can I put with these guys I'm not going to do another quarterback so I'm thinking maybe I'm going another rookie here and it's going to be because I kind of talked about him in an article I released not that long ago for Times Q. I'm going to talk about Cam Akers, the, LS, or the Los Angeles Rams' new running back. Uh, the Rams obviously had a lot of issues not having Todd Gurley at full strength. Their depth was not great at all with Darrell Henderson and Malcolm Brown, John Kelly. Those guys were garbage. So Cam Akers is probably going to come in and be their starting running back. I loved Cam Akers during the whole draft process. He's a guy I was looking at super heavily. He was a guy I wanted Atlanta to get. He was a guy I wanted to go in the second round, and he did, thankfully. The Rams got an electric player here, a guy that fits their scheme perfectly, that one cut back, who as soon as he makes that cut, he'll be down the field 20, 30 yards. Now, the Rams' offensive line has been a struggle. But they made a couple pickups. They made a couple signings. They didn't really lose anyone. Obviously, they still have some like solid guys there, like Andrew Whitworth and Rob Havenstein, two great tackles in the league. So I think their O-line is good enough to open up those holes for Cam Akers because all he needs is one slight gap because once he makes it through that gap, cuts to the right, cuts to the left, he's gone. It's just home run for him. This is a guy that's going to be electric, and he can maintain that stamina because they have Darrell Henderson, who they drafted in the third round. They're going to be giving him. They still have Malcolm Brown, who's the power back, the guy who's going to be using short yardage. So as long as he can maintain that electricity for the entire season, that one-cut system for him is going to work wonders. I'm talking 40, 50 yards consistently all going to the house. I love Cam Akers. I think it's a huge pickup for the Rams. I think he'll perform better than Todd Gurley did in L.A. Wow. I love it. The big picks there, guys. I'm going to let you guys respond to that. How do you guys feel about those picks? The MVP, Baker Mayfield, the up-and-coming rising star, Joe Burrow, and the workhorse, Cam Akers. How do you guys feel about those picks? Wow. That Cam Akers one's great. Good yeah, Acres is fine. I mean, I noticed when you talked about Baker Mayfield that you pointed out everyone except <laughs> Baker Mayfield. So I was talking about <laughs> sounds like a, one of the great fantasy options at all the other positions by his quarterback. But uh, yeah, besides that, it was great. Yeah, I, I think the thing with Baker Mayfield is he's going to turn down his interceptions. I think he's going to be that good quarterback because he won't turn the ball over as much because the coach is going to come in and call those run plays, those play actions, and set him up. But Cam Akers is going to be a stud. In a dynasty league, he should be off the board in the first five picks. Um, I did a mock. I always had the fourth pick. He was taken before that. I mean, he's, he's going to be wow. legit with the Rams for sure. And, uh, yeah, Burroughs, he's solid. Uh, Odds makers got him at 3,800 yards as a rookie. Wow. That's a lot. Odd makers actually have him in the MVP conversation, I think, at about plus 3,300 for Joe Burrow. So think about that. Wow. He's, he's going to toss the rock. The hype's real. He's going yeah, no, all I, over the place. I, I love Burrow's receiving core, like you said, Miles. And he does have he does have good mobility. I, they have a very good receiving core for him to start off working with as a rookie. Yeah. And if everybody gets into ITL last year, they should all have Joe Mixon on their team. (laughs) (laughs) Don't get me wrong. I love both quarterbacks. I just don't think that they're going to have the record to be MVPs is all. Yeah, well, that's why you're you're a basketball, right? Whoa, whoa. (laughs) Oh, hey, whoa. Those are fighting words. Oh, and shots uh, fired I'm over Canada. I'm just kidding, Kenny. I love <laughs> I, you. I mean, hey, you can say whatever you like, but if record is uh, if record's a factor in this an MVP conversation, then <laughs> unless Cleveland goes is. eleven and five or something, like twelve and I just four, think they're but, gonna figure out a way to give it to like Russell Wilson or Drew Brees or Jack somebody. Prescott. Fuck that. Drew Brees is never winning an MVP. Dakota Rain. Dakota. Dakota Prescott. I'm afraid you guys of what Colin Cowherd said the other day um, that the 
the most recent or he said the latest quarterback that could be that could come out of his second year and win MVP could be uh, Drew Locke. Drew Locke. I was gonna say Kyler Murray. <laughs> yeah, I Vaughn got hyped there with the finger pointing oh, and everything. He was so excited. He was so excited. <laughs> uh, so, uh, Locke's cool. Once he wrapped the young Jeezy, he was cool in my book. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I definitely wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't lock that in, Cade. All right. Thanks, Smiles. <laughs> this brings us to our final segment, which Cade decided to step up. Our debut sports scientist. Don't put a cork in it with Cade Walker, brought to you by Triple Double Basketball Academy down in Harlingen, Texas. What's the news around the diamond, Cade? Yeah, uh, so I think the most recent proposal that the MLB is going to to uh, try to continue the season is, is an 82-game proposal. Um, a lot of the players are a little bit uh, not happy that they're going to have to work with uh, the owners to trying to figure out a pay cut. But I think I think they're, they're coming out to probably an even 50-50 split with the with the games cut in half here. Um, and a lot, some of these players aren't really very happy with that. Like Blake Snell said, he didn't think it was worth it to take a pay cut in half um, in order to finish out or to play an 82 game season. Um, I mean, there's, there's proposals that they're going to play, that they're going to split the league and divide it in kind of a weird way into the, uh, the spring training uh, leagues between the, the grapefruit and the cactus league um, and play all their games isolated in Arizona and Florida. Um, so that that definitely could be an option, and it's kind of a logistical problem, um, and it's difficult. Um, Blake Snell and Trevor Bauer. Trevor Bauer is a really um, vocal player in terms of issues around the league, and he's he's not very happy about this one either. Um, but you know, I did see something uh, today that came out. If all the salaries were reduced about fifty percent, which is the deal, the highest paid player in the MLB. Um, this this upcoming season would be Prince Fielder. No, yes, <laughs> Prince Fielder. Oh wow, man who hasn't played for four years. Uh, <laughs> Who's still paying him? Who is well, paying So he was with yeah he was with Texas and he suffered a career-ending injury. So the last year his contract was this year. He's going to be paid twenty-four million this year. So oh, wow. if, if Garrett Cole's contract at thirty-six million and Mike Trout's at thirty-seven point seven, if those get cut in half, they're they're not going to be paid as much as the fielder. Wow! Oh, that sucks. Uh, we got to find <coughs> address. We got to pull DeAndre Baker. Million? <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah, that's crazy. And, um, in addition to that, the MLB draft got cut from thirty rounds to five rounds. That's bullshit. That is bullshit. I, I hate it. I hate it. Cutting dreams. That is fucking bullshit. Why do you need to fucking cut the draft? It no. has no yeah. implications. Well, I think there. I I don't agree with it. Um, Miles, how do you feel about that? That's the first pick. Yeah. No, it's it's terrible. Well, I think. Well, Manfred already worked with the owners to cut down a lot of minor league in all of sports. Yeah, uh, so Gary Batman would like to have a word. Their jobs in the first place, <laughs> having 30 rounds of players just going to rookie ball and getting cut pretty soon afterwards is, is kind of tough. But, man, you see a lot of really good players getting chosen in these 6 to 10 rounds and even these 10 to 20 rounds. Like Tommy Pham was like a, something like a 13th round pick, and he's, and he's like a, a pretty coveted player today. So, like, I mean, you see these guys go late and they still, they still produce. But um, I think it, when you only have five – um, five rounds. I think I don't think it's going to be a permanent thing. I think it's only for this year. Uh, yeah. But when you have that, I think you're going to see a lot of seniors in college uh, be picked over. Um, like you see in the first round, you'll see a lot of high school guys go. I don't think you're going to see that as much this year because now these high school guys can go transfer into a JUCO or a four year um, instead of um, being drafted in like the six to ten range, maybe where they'd get a pretty hefty bonus like in that six to ten range you're getting maybe maybe a hundred thousand dollars probably in signing bonus and the max you can um sign an undrafted free agent for now is twenty thousand so that's it's pretty significant so i think you're going to see a lot of these high school guys go to juco and college and then the, the five rounds that you see are probably going to be upperclassmen out of college so I mean, you're, if, you're gonna if there's college if college. there's college baseball right i mean if college right, baseball right. happens you know right. they can go and play um, I, I was thinking, you know, maybe coronavirus is going to solve the age-old issue of being too many games in the MLB because they lose yeah. interest from fan support over the course of the season. And the shorter season is going to have more fan support. 
Um, but if they're cutting back players' dreams and they're making everything downsized basically and saying we're going to have a modified MLB league, I don't think that's a solution either. Uh, money's always the issue with these things when you talk about moving a season. Even the NBA talked about it and said nobody wanted to take the pay cut. So, um, so yeah, how do you guys feel about a grapefruit cactus league? I mean, do you guys like that? I think the NBA is trying to do the same kind of thing, right? Some people at Disney, other people in Vegas. So um, what do we feel about the leagues trying to put different conferences in different spots? I mean, um, a lot of coronavirus testing would obviously have to be done and, and keeping them isolated, no fans in the stands. Although that was one new segment we didn't cover, how they were going to put the, the fan noises in the stadiums of football games if – if they didn't uh, have fans in the stands by then. Um, hey, if any of you guys have watched the Korean Baseball League, they have cutouts of fans in the stadium. It's <laughs> kind of creepy, but it's also pretty funny. That's hilarious. I would I would like to see mannequins in the stands, just have a whole bunch of mannequins standing the entire game. That would be hilarious. Um, but well, what do you guys think? Vaughn, how does that implicate, you know, teams performing? How do you think uh, MLB – does the MLB actually play this season? What? How do you feel about it? I think they're going to try and force these guys to play because they don't want to miss out on this, especially they know the American people. Well, people all over the world want to watch sports. They want this. Um, they want something to just escape from. And then you throw in the fact that some of these players do want to play as much. So I think there is going to be something done here. I think separating those leagues, getting them in different locations is the best idea to keep coronavirus um, under control. But a lot of these guys aren't going to play taking all that money. I mean, there's been multiple guys already doing interviews saying that they don't want to play for that less money. So I don't know how this is going to work out. I don't know if some guys are going to opt not to play. We could see that happen. Some guys say, well, yeah, I'm just not going to play. So it's going to be interesting. Man. I definitely think baseball is going to come back at some sort of fashion and it should be cut in a lot of games. Cause I'm not a fan of the 162 games, um, 82, hundred games. Perfect. Right up my alley. But I agree. It's going to be, it's going to be interesting. The collective bargaining agreement um, between the Players Association and the owners, that's going to be um, – this is definitely going to impact that, and that's um, something that's going to be in the works for next year. So at, at that point, we might see a reduced number of games in a season. We might see a universal designated hitter, and we might see salary cap uh, in the MLB, which is something that they don't have. So those, those three cap. things are pretty big issues that we might see resolved. Um, next year in the CBA. Oh, does that, that mean Bray Harper can't get paid $300 million anymore? <laughs> that means the Pirates can't steal all, the ownership can't steal all the money from the Pirates. Bro, if they had a salary cap <laughs> in baseball, I'd be so happy. I'd be so happy. That'd be wonderful. That'd be wonderful they had a salary cap in baseball. Yeah. Um, Kate, you know, you're bringing our first official coverage of MLB news. We always like to, to you know, get a little sample in there, but you're going to be our official – baseball analyst for today so tell us two questions who's your favorite mlb team uh, I'm, I'm a rockies guy i live in denver so i've grown up with the rockies. my my first baseball memories was the uh the 07 rockies team that went on a ridiculous like 25 out of 26 game run uh to end the 07 season swept the entire national league playoffs and, and then got swept by boston in the world series <laughs> all right but, yeah i got a two-part final question for you the first one, did the Astros win the 2017 World Series, in your opinion? Uh, um, no. That, that one's tough. Um, I, yeah, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to say, uh, well, man, that's tough. Hey, no. no. You, have, you get to make a good impression here. You get to make a good impression here. So here's what I think. So. A lot of the I, it's a simple like question. Did they win the 2017 World Series? Okay, well, yeah, I, I'm going to go with no. Okay, so obviously no. the, second, the second part of the question of did they earn the 2017 World Series, that was, that was the second also, part. No. Yeah, that's, that's, uh, it's also obviously no. Yeah, I see. Okay, yeah, that, that's, that's okay. That's okay. We'll work on that. We'll work on that. <laughs> Kate yeah. Walker, everybody, with his segment, Don't Put a Quirk in It. Very excited to have you on board. Welcome, the newest sports scientist. Kate, how can everybody find you? They, they hear all about us all the time. So where can, where can they find you? What's your, at, what's your Twitter handle? Yeah, so uh, most of the writing I actually do right now is over at uh, Fansighted for Sir Charles in Charge. So my, my handle on Twitter is Cade, uh, C-A-D-E, Walker, NBA. So at Cade Walker, NBA. All right, awesome. We're excited for you joining us here with the Blue Collar Media Group and Into the Lab podcast. I'll tell you what, Steve was hyped about you. He told me all about you. He said, you bring this guy on. He's our baseball guy. So you could thank Steve. 
the general Steve on this podcast right now. Uh, that'll, that'll end. Don't put a cork in it for today's last segment. And I'm going to go ahead and start with our sign off here um, and say thank you to everybody who joined us today watching us live. Obviously, this is going to be a Friday morning podcast to your ears tomorrow morning. We will sit down and edit these segments out so you can hear them all again and see our wonderful faces. Um, but I, I like to do a sign off just by saying thank you for following us, being a part of the Labsters community. It's because of you guys that we're even around, that we're even doing this. So please share, uh, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, retweet our stuff. That's what keeps us going is that you guys are watching and you guys care. Um, but I think on behalf of everybody here that's with us tonight, uh, we're all part of that Blue Collar Media Group page. So please go follow and like Blue Collar Media Group as well. Um, and I, I thank you guys for listening today. Hope you guys oh, have a great- Come write for us. We need writers. <laughs> come write for us. That's right. We are looking for you. If you feel you have the talent, come write for us. And if you don't hear your sport on Into the Lab, we are expanding our selection. We don't cover bowling yet, tennis yet, golf yet, disc, frisbee, anything. Anything out, cornhole tossing, we are looking for- people to do the reporting so come on How down do not cover bowling yet you're like the bowling <sighs> god i know i know i'd rather have somebody else i'm too biased we have esports we we have a guy for esports but if you want to check tackle esports we're all about that here so share yeah, the love do esports yeah and we may be streaming cod later so find us on call of duty all right you guys you have a great morning You've been listening to analysis from around the NFL and NBA on the Sports Genes Into the Lab podcast. Send your questions on www.thesportgene.com or on the Anchor app. And follow the Sports Gene on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Overtime Heroics today. Today.